The film and TV show is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Films. TV. Film. TV. Film. TV shows. Film. TV. Film. TV. Film. TV show. Film. TV. Film. TV. Film. TV. Film. Television. Film. Film. TV. Film. TV. I love this film. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Film and TV Show with me, Richard S. On a very balmy Monday evening. It's terrible out there. It's amazing, Richard. What are you talking about? It's lovely. It might so be nice. nice. It might be nice outside, but I'm not exactly dressed for it. No, I've you're literally not, in my work stuff, so uh, which will be a uh, a constant thing now. I won't be able to get changed. It'll be coming straight from work, which is fine. I don't mind. I'd rather be in short and t shirt mind, but shirt and trousers yeah. and shoes will do. Um <laughs> So, yes, we've been away for a while. We are back. Um, some things happened um, here that we uh, that were out of our control, unfortunately. So I won't go into detail, but um, but we are back. We are here uh, every Monday, 7 o'clock. Um, Andrew is with me. Hello. Hello. We are waiting for Alex, but... He's, he's he's not here yet, he's late. so we'll see. So he will get ripped when he comes in, <laughs> if he comes in. If he's remembered, it's been like a month since we've been That's back. Very so, That's so very true. So we shall see. Um, but tonight we will be talking about Edgar Wright. So for those of you that don't know who Edgar Wright is, uh, give your head a wobble, because where have you been? Edgar Wright is basically um, a British director, writer, producer, who has... He's actually done loads. He's done mm-hmm. loads. He first started off with Spaced. So for those of you cult people out there that know, Spaced is a TV show that starred uh, Simon Pegg yep. and Nick Frost. Uh, it was it, it was actually poorly rated when it first started, mm-hmm. but it actually got really it actually got really really good, and it picked up cult status when it finished. It's like a yeah, lot yeah. of programs that. When it starts, people are like, Meh. yeah, a bit like Firefly that didn't didn't, didn't take yeah, off when yeah, it first exactly. came out, and now yeah. it's you know this huge thing. That, but even the it know. crowd as well, yeah, yeah, that was the yeah. same. It didn't get much following, but now it gets loads. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, so he basically re- uh, wrote and directed that, and then he moved on to feature films, and you may recognise some of his credits as thus. So you have the Cornetto trilogy, yep. as it is more well known. And for those of you who are not well versed in film and TV, the Cornetto trilogy are Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz and The World's End. Indeed. Uh, and everybody knows Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Because it's probably one of the most cult classic films it of is. modern cinema, I think. Uh, just because it's so just I don't know, it's brilliant. It it's, is it's a, so it's so clever in that it's a it's a spoof movie, but at the same time, it's not so spoofy that it it kind of lose you know like the scary movie films, which are so spoofy, you're just kind of like, oh, but this is just rubbish, right? Whereas compared to Shaun of the Dead, where it has its jokes and it and it has its kind of spoofs of its genre, yeah, but it's not so much so that it can't it it, it doesn't you know loses its status of its own film. Almost, yeah, and that and that's the beauty of it. I mean, you have the you have the Wyans, um Mickey take films, you know, like uh, Scary Movie and Dance Flick and yep. Not Another Teen Movie or whatever, you know. But this is, it is a spoof. And that's one thing that Edgar Wright does. Um, and it's one of the most prominent things in his style is that he likes to dig at 
specific types of movies. So Shaun yeah. of the Dead is zombie movies. He's a massive George A. Romero fan as well, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So it was obviously he was going to do one of those. And he also directed one of my all-time favourite films, which is Attack the Block. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And he was an executive producer on that. He also wrote some of it as well, mm. which you can tell because of the action sequences and some of the bits. And obviously it stars Nick Frost yeah. and uh, a very now famous John Boyega. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Edgar Wright can take absolute plaudits for John Boyega's career mm-hmm. uh, thus far, but he, um, yeah, he he basically he likes to poke fun. So obviously you've got zombies for Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, you've got police action movies. Yeah, um, not so much your police academies, but you like your Training Day. Yeah, more uh, more serious kind of detective yeah, films. So yeah, so it's yeah. kind of like a Mickey take on that. And then you've got The World's End, which is all about apocalypse-style films. Yeah. That was actually a dig. The, the, the actual name, The World's End, is actually a dig at the film that stars Seth Rogen and uh, James Franco. Oh, yes, yeah. Which is, uh, I think it's just called, bless you, it's just called The End, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's, a, it, it's like a Mickey take on that. And I actually really like The World's End. It's actually really, really good. But we'll, we yeah. will go into more detail. There's one particular part that I love. Absolutely. It's not till the end of the film, mind. Yeah. But I, I do absolutely love it. I think it's hilarious. Oh, see, that, um, that's, that's interesting. Because I kind of got, I don't know, maybe half an hour, 40 minutes in, and I was watching it with my wife, Claire, and, and it just wasn't really hitting my funny bone, I think, at the time. I think because for me, it was it was a lot more, well, for me, me and my wife, it was a lot more kind of sweary and stuff like that, which... It's fine, but it just wasn't. Yeah. It, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't making me laugh that much, and then Claire wasn't really that interested. So we kind of ended up just switching it off. Yeah, so. it was. It was nowhere near as funny as Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. Absolutely <clears throat> nowhere near as funny. But then it's probably not supposed to be because when you look at the type of the characters and you look mm. at the type of the um, the way that it's written, it's not supposed to be funny funny yeah it's just yeah. it's supposed to be kind of like well this is the end of the world but wouldn't it be funny if we mix it with a little bit of guardians of the galaxy type stuff yes yeah um and a little bit of hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy thrown in as well with the robots and yeah, everything yeah. so yeah it 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 was it, it was quite funny mm-hmm. um i don't I mean to be fair as... i don't think i got i didn't get far enough into it to, to really let it i mean we, they hadn't even kind of got past you know the start of the the pub crawl yet so yeah I, I didn't really get into enough of it to to appreciate it so i'm sure i'll watch it again at some yeah absolutely absolutely um but we will uh you will also know edgar wright from one of the most um well best-selling films i would say of the last year or so which is baby driver yep which was an absolutely fantastic film and harks back to his his love of all things action and if you've Mm. not seen baby driver please go and buy it on dvd watch it on netflix or amazon or wherever you can because it's brilliant. I mean, I love it because of the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. For me, at the moment, films with epic soundtracks are always great. And, yeah, yeah. And I think that um, uh, Hanson Elgort, is that his name? Anson Elgort, or whatever yeah. his name is, yeah. from Ready Player One, is actually really, really good as Baby. Mm. Um, and it is a brilliant, brilliant film. It's one that it kind of tugs on everything because you've got a little bit of romance, a little bit of mm. violence, a little bit of action. But you've also got this one particular person who just seems to run and hide everything. I mean, it's got Kevin Spacey in it, so that will put a lot of people off anyway. Yeah, now, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Which is a bit crap, but, you know, it, it is what it is. But it is a great film. Um, he also did Scott Pilgrim versus The yes, World. Yes, he did, yeah. Um, yeah. Which, uh, now, I always get these two mixed up. Is it John's... Is it... 
Michael Serra or Jesse Eisenberg? Which one is it that's in it? Because I can't remember. It's Michael Serra. It's not Jesse Eisenberg. Michael Serra. Because see, they're so interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. I just. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's the one from. What I'm trying to think about what other films he's been in. Michael Serra. Juno? Yeah. Is that him? Maybe. I mean, again, yeah. So See, we should just do a show on, on Michael Sarah. Michael <laughs> was Sarah. it Michael Sarah or was it Jesse Eisenberg? Yeah, we yeah. should just put it out to everyone. Yeah, just... Have a guess. Michael Sarah or Jesse Eisenberg? Because yeah. they're, so, they're so similar, so interchangeable. But anyway, that's by the by. Um, Edgar Wright is a fantastic British director and mm-hmm. one that follows in the same ilk as Michael Vaughan, Matthew Vaughan even. But yeah. he's got his own unique style. And, and just reading some of his wiki, he was born in Paul. In Dorset. Oh, hello! Thanks for joining hey, us. So, so, so Alex has just uh, has just oh, strolled in. You know, he was stuck in traffic though. He did yeah. message to say he was stuck in traffic. <laughs> so, so, it, it, so, so yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Hi. What did I miss? Um, we're everything. Just, just everything. Just, what we're just going to call it? Just, a day. just everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's everything. Uh, it's hell out there on the roads today. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, the heat always brings out the morons, doesn't it? So, exactly. Um, but no, we're just kind of going through the filmography at the moment, an <laughs> overview of Edgar Wright's filmography at the minute. Yeah. Um, just gone through the Cornetto trilogy and, and, and stuff. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. But, um, but yeah, he was born in Paul in Dorset. Mm-hmm. And he is nine years older than me. He's nine years older than me, right? Mm-hmm. This guy is like a multi-award winning director. Yeah. <laughs> but he's so unassuming. You look at a picture of him, mm-hmm. he looks like pretty much anybody that lives down in Cornwall area. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's got hipster. His, yeah, hipster. But but the thing about him is he's so unassuming that you wouldn't even realise if you walk past him in the street. No. Yeah, he's I'd not like you. Spot him. Yeah, exactly. He's not like you, Quentin Tarantino, who you'd spot a mile off. Yeah. Or Steven Spielberg. Or even Spielberg. Yeah. yeah or even um, Ridley Scott. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. James Cameron. All of those, you'd be like, I'm, I can picture them and I can see them. Whereas Edgar Wright, you kind of, he just kind of, you, mm. you wouldn't recognise, which I think is, is part of the charm with him. I mean, he's he is a fantastic director, writer, and, and producer. And he is, has a hell of a back catalogue as well. It's got a hell of a back catalogue, um, which is great. I mean, Space was obviously, the like we touched on, was brilliant. And you had the Cornettos, um, three Cornettos. And he did that because it was Simon Pegg that actually said, we should make it very loosely tied into each other. Yeah. And Nick Frost was eating a Cornetto at the time. Yeah. And he yeah. was just like, why don't we just do Cornettos? Yeah. 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 Well, they said it's also because the, the Cornettos was his favourite, or the, the joke was, whether it's his serious, you know, yeah. or not, it was, a, it was a hangover cure. Yes. Right? So that's why they always get it in the morning, because they're, they're, they're you know, they're going down to the, the, the corner shop and yeah. grabbing a Cornetto because it's their, their hangover, yeah, hangover cure. cure. So. Yeah. And, and the fact that they add it into the others as well is... It's just clever, isn't it? It, <laughs> it is, but it's so loosely done on it, you yeah. know, it's just, it, it is, it is hilarious. Um, he's done. Uh, he's written loads of stuff. The Adventures of Tintin. Yep, he's done that. Um, almost did Ant Man. <laughs> he did almost, actually do yeah. a bit of Ant Man. Yeah, he yeah, d- he's yeah. co-producer. He's co-producer. Yeah, yeah, he did that, and he also did. Um, where is it? Oh, I can't think where it is. He did another one. I can't think which one it was. He's got. A, he's, he did a couple of like spoof Grindhouse type yeah, trailers yeah, yeah, yeah. as well, which was yeah. really really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll go into into his style a little bit more in a minute. We'll play a little bit of music, and we'll just play a quick song, uh, and then we'll be and then we'll be back. 
Tonight I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive. I love the scene when that's playing in Sean of the Dead. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely amazing. The way they just get it in time with it is fantastic. It's a great song anyway. Um, but he, he does yeah. a lot of good stuff with music in his films, including yeah. Baby Driver. Well, which was what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. He, he, he just picks it up. And I've got one of my favourite songs from Baby Driver mm. coming up in a bit um, because I absolutely love it. And every time I hear it, it just reminds me of the diner scene. 
where she okay, walks yeah. past and she starts singing it and he's like what B-A-B-Y, is B-A-B-Y yeah yeah that's cool I didn't actually think it was a real song but actually it is a real song mm. which I didn't really I didn't know about but anyway so um, yeah. I can't I can't profess to actually be a massive uh, fan of Spaced I haven't really seen it Me I'll be neither, honest really. I am mm. a massive fan of Attack the Block though because yeah. I love that film mm. and he was executive producer on that um, as we said and I, I love that and that's that's a film that kind of slipped under the radar about eight years ago, seven, eight yeah. years ago. I think it's 2010, 11. And it's a British film. Mm. It's got John Boyega in it, as we said. And it's basically about these aliens that come down, but they're like, they're, they're, they're dark night creatures. And it focuses on a group of kids who, I, I, yeah. I won't say are you typical, because I don't know, but they're a gang of youths who yeah. are terrorising people in the ends. Um, I think I said that right. I'll probably yeah. get slaughtered for it. But anyway, uh, like a tower block type um, yeah. area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Council flats, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, something like that. And then they they start killing it. And that's when all the rest of them start coming after them. And they have to kind of fight and run away from all these aliens that are coming after yeah. them until yeah. basically at the end they just kind of take them all on, really. Mm-hmm. Which you know you got a group of kids, but it it sounds it it, it is a lot better than it sounds, and I yeah. would recommend. I mean, you can go and get it in Poundland for a pound. I think it it's probably on Netflix or Amazon Prime, isn't it? I would it's imagine not it's not on Netflix. I know that um, it may be on Prime, but you can probably yeah. find it on the Sky Store or on Virgin Catch Up, yeah, or something. I know it has yeah. been on TV. If not, just go into your local pound shop. Go mm. and find it in the DVD section. It's worth a quid of anybody's money. You yeah. can probably pick up the. A whole sort of trilogy set for a quid each as well. What the Cornettos? Yeah, trilogy? the Cornettos. I would imagine so. Yeah. yeah, I mean the best bet is to go to CEX maybe because that'll be where mm. you can pick them up cheaper if you go yeah. down to CEX. But um, Attack the Block is is brilliant and it kind of it you do get glimpses of of his style in there. He may not have been director, but you can see little glimpses of where he's had a little touch here and there to kind of add a little bit of something to it, especially yeah. in the scenes where they're actually in the in the tower block and you've got the lights coming down mm. and you just see the eyes. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can tell that that's, that's something that he would do. Um, but, you know, let, let's talk about the Cornetto trilogy because I remember vaguely, we did a show not so long ago, We were, someone said that yeah, we Shaun of the Dead was massively overrated. Yeah, I think that might have been me. Uh, I still was, believe it's not one of my... F- uh, like Out of the three of them, uh, it's Hot Fuzz that's my favourite. Like, beyond all shadow of a doubt, Hot Fuzz is my favourite because it's not so wacky. Like, it, yeah. it's got a... It's, it's pro- rooted I, I think, semi in reality sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, I think Hot Fuzz for me is probably the, has the most rewatchability, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah but it's still, a, it's, it, it's still about as, as, as real as EastEnders. Let's be honest. Because yeah, it's you, not, well. you would, you would. Uh, I'm not being funny, but if there is a village where you've got everybody literally trying to kill people, yeah. the crusty jugglers, <laughs> and then flipping, you know, all the old people just because they want their village to well, be the best. <laughs> would you stop saying that? <laughs> the greater good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's yes, just so like, quotable. It is, but then so is Shaun of the Dead. Whereas, yeah, the world's end. Not so much. It's I don't think that. as many people have seen The World's End. And like, like, I mean, like I said, I'm, mm. I, I didn't. I got about 30, 40 minutes in and, and was really not... wasn't enjoying it like the other ones. I liked the ending, you know? not because it ended, but because it 
left it on like an interesting sort of yeah not where you'd expect it to end well it's kind of post-apocalyptic yeah. type i would have actually have liked to have seen it start from that point and had a post-apocalyptic edgar wright movie yeah that with, would have been good I, so, I just thought yeah. I, I just really love the bit and spoilers here where they're standing in the room and mm. they've got them all around them and that being is talking to him a la hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy yeah and he's just like why don't you back in your <laughs> spaceship back to legoland you and yeah. i'm just like that's hilarious he's absolutely off his face but i can see that that's what somebody would actually do yeah. there would yeah, actually yeah. be someone who would do something like that to i think that's what he's majorly good at which is taking the un- unbelievable and unrealistic and dumping heavy loads of realism into it. Well, you've only got to look at Baby Driver for that. Yeah. You know, you can totally believe that there would be somewhere out there who is a getaway driver, but who has that, just yeah. that, that spark about them that could quite easily get out of any situation almost, but on the flip side, doesn't want to hurt anybody. Mm. All they're doing it for is to pay back mm. something. He describes that, like Edgar Wright has described that uh, baby driver as uh, like almost a musical. Yeah, and, is, I, and uh, I can see it because yeah. it literally the music plays Such almost centre stage. Yeah. Mm, mm. You know, the, the fascination with his, um, with the different iPods for his different types of uh, mood. Moods, you know, yeah. you've got the tapes that he makes as well using that old, old school little slipboard thing. That's yeah. like back from the 1960s, mm. which is brilliant all the way up to just the way in which he puts it together. Mm. Uh, and, I mean, we were saying Ansel Elgort, is, he's fantastic in that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have very many lines, but the driving... I'd, no, I'd love to know if he actually did the driving himself. I, I would really say love to know. I wouldn't suspect. suspect. Like, yeah, probably he's parts in, of it, he's in but... in a crash, then the whole film's scuffed, isn't it? Well, not only that, it's like there was a lot of high-speed precision driving in there. Yeah. I, I would expect just stunt drivers to... Yeah to do that yeah but it'd be nice if he was doing it a la Tom Cruise and actually giving it a bash because that would <laughs> no be one can do crazy like Tom Cruise though. well yeah he's, he's his own type of crazy isn't I he? honestly think the producers must have heart attacks when Tom Cruise goes I want to do this stunt yeah, <laughs> like, more than like, likely oh, no. yeah but if more you get likely. hurt then you know production is on hold for all the movie yeah, stops yeah exactly <laughs> and you're just like great are you, you, you going to pay out of your wages for you know yeah. everything that goes wrong? Right. So, yeah. shall I give you a couple of uh, little trivia tidbits about yeah, Edgar, Edgar Wright? Trivia. So, he asked Simon Pegg to turn down a role in Dog Soldiers, which, by the way, is an absolutely cracking film. Mm. I just have to say now, it's very cult film <laughs> um, with Sean Pertwee in it. But if you can find Dog Soldiers, it's like one, of, I think it's my dad's favourite film. He loves Dog <laughs> Soldiers. Um, I love it as well it's brilliant but he asked him to turn down a role as he wanted Simon Pegg's very first role to be in Shaun of the Dead which yeah. it was yeah um, and yeah that kind of made him didn't it it made, made Simon Pegg as a he did. as an actor didn't it yeah I mean, he absolutely wasn't really a known person before then mm. um, Edgar Wright's favourite film is Raising Arizona from 1987 okay. um he said that he directed one single shot of Star Trek Into Darkness during the scene uh, featuring the Klingons on Kronos while being uncredited for that shot. So he literally directed one shot. <laughs> Ironically, that okay. is my favourite se- sequence from uh, Into Darkness. Yeah. It's, it's, the even be the whole thing, it's the Klingon bit, yeah, absolutely. Part of that. 
A shot is not... Well, a shot can be uh, one certain camera angle, so he'd be on set and he would literally manoeuvre the camera himself yeah. into that shot. Yeah. he um, Russell T. Davis offered right the job to direct some Doctor Who episodes, but he turned it down because he was doing Shaun of the Dead. Uh, uh, could, you ima- could you imagine, <laughs> imagine yeah, Edgar Wright doing Doctor Who, though? Well, can it's I a waste of talent. No, it wouldn't be a waste No, it wouldn't. It would be fantastic. <laughs> it would be brilliant. Um, he was actually considered for director of Star Trek Beyond. He would have done a much better job I on think, that. Uh, Beyond, Beyond mm. is the worst of the three. Really? Yeah. Oh, sorry, no, Beyond is the last one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Beyond yeah, is the yeah. last one. No, no, I, I, was thinking, yeah, I was thinking that we were talking about the middle one. No, 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 no. Into Darkness wasn't Beyond that bad. Was, I watched it on the plane when I went on holiday uh, a couple of weeks ago, and yeah, I was kind of just like, nothing's really happening. Yeah. It's kind of boring. Beyond is literally that, but I would say... I would s- argue that Beyond... Well, I don't know why we're going off topic, but, but with Star Trek Beyond, it is the most like the original TV series because it's a serialised adventure that connects nothing to the other two. Yeah. Um, and and it, yeah, it felt like it was, it was replaying thing. the same themes of, oh, I'm going to, you know, spoilers, I'm going to leave and, you know, stop being captain and Spock's also saying, I'm going to go off and yeah. do this. And you're like, I'm sure this happened before. Yeah, and at the, at the end, they kind of decide, oh, no, we're going to stay yeah. together. And you're like, yeah, ah. I know. Um, he, anyway. <laughs> his, his brother, Oscar, is an artist. Oscar, um, right? Yeah. Okay. He was considered to direct Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. I'd love to see him and Tom Cruise together because I think that'd be just any, any film with Simon Pegg He's been asked to direct. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I just realised Simon Pegg's in Ghost Protocol. Oh, wow. And he's in Star Trek as well. Yeah, so oh, it's like, my God. It's, so it's, not, it's, it's not nepotism. What, it's not what you know, it's who you <laughs> yeah. know. Um, and <laughs> surprisingly, he's a huge fan of action films. Mm, which really, which would come as a massive surprise. Absolutely, oh, yeah. no way. Um, and he's a very, very close friend of Quentin Tarantino. Oh, so they're very, very close friends. I heard um, Scott Pilgrim did not break the box office. In fact, it didn't make half of its budget back. But uh, it Probably. was, uh, um, what's it? Uh, Quentin Tarantino loved that film. Yeah, and like contacted uh, Edgar Wright because of it. Yeah, to be fair, it's like most most films that you, you kind of hear from, it seems to be British directors as well, which is really bizarre, that they don't they don't pick up enough steam, but then they kind of assume cult status, because yeah. Scott Pilgrim vs. The World actually is a cult film now. It's an it's, awesome film. It's a cult classic film, mm. uh, which is just bizarre. But when it came out, it wasn't really talked about that much. No, exactly. And, and I, um, I, don't know, I don't know if it's, is it, is it because it's not, breaching the American markets well enough or I don't know I think it was a niche market in itself because it was an American uh, comic book originally Mm. uh, that was sort of satirical semi sort of manga style yeah Uh, and then they took it and gave it to a British director with some Canadian actors and everything and it, it was just a bit of a mishmash of everything and no one was really wanting the movie or expecting it Right. And the only reason I watched it in the cinema was because I think my sister and I went uh, to watch one thing and we didn't get the tickets, so we went and saw Scott Pilgrim but loved it. Yeah, it, it is It is a really good mm. film. And again, if no one has seen it, go and watch it. Mm. Because do you know what? There are some absolutely crazy-ass great films out there that people just tend to kind of... Mm. Go one, of the ones, one of the ones you'd see on your Netflix and you just kind of go, nah. 
get past. Yeah, yeah, you'd, you'd past. see you'd see the front bit, and you think, oh no, no, it's like um, if, you, if you anyone, know, Alex, who, who's the lead actor in Scott Pilgrim? Uh, Michael Sarah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, so. we, we, we were discussing how interchangeable him and Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg are. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the the, the same person. Like I swear. Jesse, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it literally is. It's like Michael Sarah has one one acting ability, and that's Michael Sarah. Like, Their ooh. voices are creepily ooh. too similar. As I know, well. right? Like, you can close your eyes, and you will not be able to tell them apart. They're like, oh, hey guys, how's it going? Yeah, it literally is like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah, on crack. Yeah, yeah, they've got some really yeah, but I think Jesse Eisenberg is probably more. Um, He's more grown up, I think, in terms of his role choices than... Well, he played Lex Luthor, didn't he? Yeah. But anyway, we're going off topic. So, um, um, so yeah, uh, anyone want to hazard a guess at what Edgar's middle name is? Theodore. Lucian. Oh, come on. Stop being <laughs> idiots. Come oh, on. Benedict. James. No. George. No. Stephen. No. Think of a famous... Wrong. Fan. It's Edgar Wrongwright. <laughs> That'd be, right. <laughs> that'd be funny. No. Think of a famous duck. Daffy. Donald. <laughs> Daffy. Think of one that got panned in the cinema, but then showed up in a Marvel film. Oh, oh what's his name? Uh, Howard. Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. Uh. Yeah, so it's Edgar Howard Wright. And he hasn't changed his name either, which is brilliant, yeah. because he literally just sticks to his name. Because you, yeah. you get people that change their bloody names all the time for whatever reason. I mean, Maisie Williams is just one of flings to mind because we talked about her oh, on yeah. a previous show <laughs> being like Margaret Veronica. It's like... Weird. Yeah, very weird. What was I going to say? Um, yeah, that's that's pretty cool though, the way that he's... Um, he, he seems very quite open and honest in terms of his, uh, you know, his um, passions, his uh, inspirations and things like that. And you can see in his movies that he has a distinct style although I don't think it necessarily pigeonholes him in any way. No, absolutely not, and I, and I totally agree. I think he's his style is very it's very similar to Matthew Vaughan. I think that they have mm. quite a similar style. But Edgar Wright's is more... It's not, it's not as polished, I would say, and that's not being disrespectful. What I mean is, is that because it's not so polished, it has that air of... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? where anything could literally happen. You just don't know. It's got that air of unexpectedness about it because it's not as... Because you've only got to look at the Golden Circle with yeah. Matthew Vaughan. Very polished, very Americanized. Whereas Edgar Wright could have gone down that route with Baby Driver because that was a very yeah. American film. <clears throat> but he true. kept to his he kept to his roots. And that wouldn't... All you need is a Cornetto in that. <laughs> and you would actually think that that could fit in in terms of directing style, in terms of screenplay in terms mm. of editing production mm. that would fit in in a similar ilk to the other three films if there was a cornetto in it and you know if anyone can find one in there then you know that'd be great but i don't think there is <laughs> i've watched it about eight times i don't think there yeah. is yeah. but he has his set style and he obviously doesn't settle for anything less than his own way which is brilliant mm. he doesn't because he, obviously that's why he split ways with marvel yes because he wouldn't be allowed to well they just wanted to they rescript wanted to re- and re-script it, yeah. yeah and uh he w- he'd written the original so he that's an ant-man wasn't it yeah well, it's basically saying we don't like what you're doing but we want to keep you anyway so oh, yeah it's like well, me being here if yeah. i'm not gonna do it i find it highly ironic though that they they basically get rid of edgar wright for ant-man uh and then have taiko watiti do thor ragnarok who is i would say along the same similar vein of well no actually i'd say Taika Waititi is completely 
off the reservation in terms of oh yeah he's absolutely batshit crazy yeah, yeah. He, he's funny and he's yeah. got a great comedic talent and especially if you watch um the what we do in the shadows yes the vampire one that's hilarious um but i just find it ironic that they've got that sort of comedy and they allow taika watiti to have that much freedom just run with it yeah, yeah. It, it was so, i mean you know one of the things we talked it, about is it's so different to the other four films it's yeah. not like here, it's, it's so different from legacy. any Marvel. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's just going. It just goes way too sort of comicy, like comic book almost. Because it's so bright. Like I, I love. I do enjoy that movie, but it's visually so bright and like. Yeah, yeah. Almost I mean, it, it was taking. It was going. Okay, we're going to make Thor a, almost a Guardians of the Galaxy style. Yeah, film. but that's yeah. exactly what and, it, was. Know, it, well, it, it was. It was preying yeah. on the success and, and, of and Guardians. The, the irony of that film is the most talked about character is the one that Taika Waititi plays. Yeah. 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 Which, Cork? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm made of Cork, rock. Yeah. yeah. yeah but I, I actually that. thought, I actually thought, just going off topic, that that was um, the guy from District 9, the South African guy. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Uh, Shalto Copley. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was actually him. Yeah. And I was adamant that it was him. See, a lot of people think wasn't. it's a South African guy. I've had so many people say, oh, is this, that's South African. I'm like, no, it's New, New Zealand. Zealand. It's definitely yeah, Kiwi. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah uh, you, can just, you can just tell. I mean, yeah, I, when I first watched it, I thought it was, it, it was Charlotte mm. Cop because I mm. love him. Mm. And we will talk about Charlotte Cop in a different, <laughs> uh, in a different one because yeah. he's amazing in District 9. And he's yes. amazing in Hardcore Henry as well. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Um, but yes, uh, he, it's good that Edgar Wright is completely uncompromising in mm. his... In the way that he writes and produces and I think directs, it, I think yeah. it could also be a, uh, a weakness, also, because if obviously he's too uncompromising, then he does miss out on those opportunities, like like the Marvel films, like, like Ant Man, like just getting a Marvel movie under your belt uh, as an accomplishment that would have, I think, allowed him to do far more uh, in terms of like he's currently just trying to get Baby Driver two signed off on for a sequel, yeah, um, but. Even if, though it did yeah. so well, yeah, and it, it is a classic already because mm-hmm. of it, and let's and say, he's still str- sort of struggling to get that. Whereas, like you know, sacrifice a Marvel movie there, make a few changes, allow them to rescript it, and then go on to do the stuff that you're actually yeah. interested in. Well, I mean, if well, you wanna if you wanna see someone who does a bad job but still gets loads of stuff, just look at Rian Johnson. Yeah, yeah. You know, and if you don't know who Rian Johnson is, then he did the Last Jedi. He did the Last Jedi, he, and you know, hopefully that's yeah, his he, last project. No, he's, oh well, <laughs> have you seen this so, this, this petition thing about? Um, there's all these producers or whatever that are saying, oh, the woman, yeah, they'll, they'll they'll fund the reshooting of the entire oh. film. Oh no, no, I and you're just like, that. really? Come on, okay, so, you, so you're gonna you're gonna crowdfund almost 200 million dollars yeah well, exactly right yeah. they're like where's this money coming from and b you think disney are gonna say yes we made a failure so here remake it yeah. they're not going to admit that no. even if you could raise the money which is impossible D- disney would admit to a lot of things but they'll also not admit to a lot of yeah. things as well and, yeah. and it would be admitting okay we made a completely rubbish film yeah. and they won't which, do that you know they just will never do no. simple just kill off the characters in the next movie like start fresh yeah and just mm. well you would hope that that's what they would do but you know it, it, I, I do agree I do think that Edgar Wright's uncompromising style can be a weakness and I would love to see him tear his teeth into a real big budget film because Baby mm. Driver didn't really have that big a budget when you are thinking of like the Marvel films which yeah, are like yeah. 200 250 million 
I wouldn't know what the budget was for Baby Driver, but I'm sure Alex will probably Google it anyway and find yeah. out. I was just looking because I've heard rumours that Kathleen Kennedy, who's in charge of Star Wars, has uh, been unofficially asked to step down at some point. Okay. Due to the uh, poor reception of Solo. Well, yeah, because apparently, uh, I mean, again, it's going slightly off topic, but Obi Wan movie has been shelved. Woohoo! He's being put into the last, uh, this proper movie. Yeah. Yeah, rather than just being. uh, Yeah, because they've gone, yeah, this isn't working. (laughs) Solo, the movie movie nobody wanted. The profit. What, yeah. what was the profit of Baby Driver? Uh, I'm just looking now. I'd be interested to know what its but it, but what its production costs were it's, in, it's interesting like, what you said about... Um, budget, $34 million. Box office, $226.9 million. Hello, profitability. Cha-ching. <laughs> $34 million. Now, that sounds like a lot of money, but... In the filmmaking when, world. In the filmmaking world, that is not... I would imagine That's, that probably $20 million of that went on actors. Jamie Foxx and yeah. Kevin Spacey. That's 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 three and a half episodes of the first season of Game of Thrones. Right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's like ten million an episode of yeah. Game of Thrones at the start. I'm sure it's gone up since then. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm sure they probably got it down actually in terms of being able to reuse stuff and whatnot. But still, Maybe. yeah, I'd imagine it'll be a lot more. But thirty-four million quid that cost to make Baby Driver. Thirty-four million pound. That and is it- ridiculous. And it looks professional. Like I'm, I say, it looks professional for just for thirty-four million. But like, and what I'm saying is like, it looks timeless yeah. rather than. Uh, it's going to get old really, really yeah, quickly. Like yeah, like Avatar, for instance. That how much did they spend on making that movie? And it looks dated, like an old video game. Yeah, it does yeah. look terrible. Whereas Baby Driver won't look terrible in ten years. Exactly, because it's mainly then, all those yeah. practical stunts yeah. again. But yeah, then, the, just going yeah, off topic again, I watched Event Horizon at the weekend, and I mm. really picked out some of the terrible CGI <laughs> in that. Yeah. Especially when they get on the Event Horizon, and you've got the stuff floating around, it's like, oh my god, that looks terrible. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun It's the kind one. of thing that looks like but, someone's made in Microsoft Paint. Yeah, and you're just but like, oh, it oh, still boy. looks, it's still a great film. Mm. Still terrifying oh absolutely it's just sam neil with no eyes cut face bald head yeah you know that that, that there's there's a is it that film that's meant to be a that people say it might be a a prequel or a a tie into the warhammer universe oh no there's there's definite like theories online and there's um people wonder if uh i can't remember who directed it um but they was wondering if he took like inspiration from it or whether Uh, you know, Warhammer took a little bit of inspiration from him to craft the later sort of stories. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's very interesting, cool. very cool. Nice. Especially from his cut face and yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. He looks just like a heretic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, they're all perfectly cut as well. But we'll play a quick song. We're going to play yeah. this song from Baby Driver, and then we'll be back.
There you go. That was Carla Thomas B A B Y, which is uh, it plays a, a prominent part in Baby Driver. Yeah. Um, but we were talking about we were just talking actually just off off air, and I had to stop Alex and say <laughs> no, stop, just save it for when we come back. So, so as you were saying, yeah. when I rudely cut you off off, <laughs> off, off yeah, I'll mic, just clear my throat. Um, I was just saying uh, that when you're looking at some of the shots uh, and his timing of the cuts and everything. During a lot of his films, he treats it almost like a song in terms of beats. And I sort of gave you the example of uh, Shaun of the Dead when they're in the pub and yep. they're sort of discussing what they're going to do next, how they're going to save the girl and uh, get everyone back to the pub. Uh, the cuts in it are very precise and it's like a beat because it's just yeah. rapid but on tempo all the time. And uh, then you said you were going to say something. I, I was. I was going to say that actually just a random tidbit that I that I happened stanced upon earlier on uh, while I was at work. Uh, should have been working, but uh, I, I was actually um, having I was having a break from looking at the screen, so I was looking mm. at my phone instead because that's completely different. Classic. That works. <laughs> I know, right? Um, that in almost every one of Edgar Wright's films, mm. he has to have someone jumping over a fence or attempting to jump over oh, yeah. a fence because you've got it in Shaun of the Dead. Mm. You've got it in Hot Fuzz. Well, have you never seen someone jump over a fence? And he just <laughs> yeah. pops over the fence. And then in The World's End, he tries to do it again and just goes right for it. Yeah. Yeah. So and Baby it, Driver it, has him jumping over loads of things. He has him jumping over a metal fence. So that could count. So te- technically it does. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to say it counts. <laughs> I am going to say that it counts because, but yeah, he, in all of his films, because it's a, it's a Mickey take on some action films where you always seem to have someone jumping over something, be yeah. it a car, a fence. Liam Neeson with his 52 takes in Taken 3. I know, right? <laughs> Man, Hilarious. That, oh, I, that made me feel... Physically sick watching all those cuts. It, oh, if you've not seen no, Andrew, no. please watch it just for a laugh because it shows how Liam Neeson is obviously getting on a bit. Yeah. But they could have just used a stunt double or something. But and it's was, like 15 different takes showing him like climb this ladder. Uh, well, not even a ladder. It's like onto a bin and then over a fence. Yeah, yeah. But it's just so choppy and horrible. Oh, dear. oh it's, it is terrible. It's hilarious, though. Mm. It is hilarious, um, but yeah. So no, I there was a nice little tidbit there that, that Edgar Wright throws into his films, which it's all those little bits though that he throws in that yeah. he takes from his from his own perception of films when he's been watching them growing mm. up. Mm. And I say that because he's, as, as I said, he's only nine years older than I am. Mm. You know, which is phenomenal what he has achieved. You know, he's won thirteen awards. Unfortunately, never won a, a, an Academy Award, but he has won several BAFTAs. Yeah. He's yeah. won several British uh, British uh, Film Awards, not the BAFTAs, the other type of British Film Award. Yeah, the the one that people don't really tend to talk about. 
Uh, a lot of awards for uh, in, like, abroad, Canada, America, but not yeah. never an Oscar, which is a shame because I'd like to have seen him win something for, for Baby Driver, mm. I think. I think he's got that sort of talent in him that could, like, over the next couple of years, over, you know, in the future for him, I could quite easily see him doing something like Ready Player One or yeah. something that sort of level, but he mm. just needs that chance to do it. And yeah. uh, I think he could definitely be up on par with the sort of Steven Spielberg level. Well, I mean, if you get like, you've got the likes of the Russo brothers, yeah. great as they are, and they, they are they do great, a good job. Yeah. they do a good job, there is no reason why Edgar Wright couldn't do the same thing. Mm. Because he has that vision. He's got that, that I would say, innocence about him because he, he's got that very much a, a never-say-care attitude to directing, which Matthew Vaughan used to have. And I say that because I've seen The Golden Circle. It wasn't so good. Yeah, yeah whereas... I mean, it was the, okay, but... The original Kingsman was literally a breath of fresh air. Mm, and mm. it was, it took Matthew Vaughan to the next level, which is what Baby Driver has done for Edgar Wright, I believe. In my opinion, it's taken him from doing the Cornetto trilogies and kind of, you know, biding his time with cult British classics mm. to stepping it up. Because, like I say, Scott Pilgrim versus the world wasn't as well acclaimed as it should have yeah. been when it yeah. came out. It yeah. is now. But Baby Driver is that next step. It's really mm. moved him up to the next level. And I can't yeah. I can't see him not following down Matthew Vaughan's road. But I think that... I honestly think Matthew Vaughan could actually stand to gain uh, a thing or two by going back and maybe just producing and sitting in the back chair to a Edgar Wright film... And yeah. sort of trying to rediscover the the passion that I feel was definitely lost. Did we, or did we not say, in a, a couple of episodes ago, a couple of shows <laughs> ago, an Edgar Wright and Matthew Vaughan film, yeah. how good that would be? We were talking mm. about, I think we were talking about our, making our own like Alien versus Predator or whatever. Yeah, we were and saying I, things like adding different people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you've got like experience from one of the older directors. And, yeah. uh, but then I would yeah. love to see an Edgar Wright and Matthew Vaughan film. Can mm. you even imagine the action sequences, the, yeah. the the soundtrack, the beats, the movements, the 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 fast panning shots that Edgar Wright tends to do? And Matthew Vaughan does it brilliantly mm. in both The Golden Circle and Kingsman as well. Mm. Can you just those two together would literally be oh, like be a dream team if they could get their hands on uh, a British script of some sort, mm. but obviously with American backing, yeah. but with them saying to the Americans, back up, yeah. do not even think about trying to mess with us. We want to do it our way, yeah. you know, which Matthew Vaughan should have done for Golden Circle, mm. um, but didn't, for probably for monetary reasons, because it was like... Try, I think one of the problems with Matthew Vaughan is he tries to always put a political agenda in there, uh, and it's not always necessary because... In that golden circle, it was quite clearly evident he was trying to portray the American president as evil. Yeah, and it was a Trump allegory, but it, yeah. it but just then came you've only got to look at most handed. most mm. films nowadays. Unfortunately, have some sort of political agenda, whether it be social justice, virtue signaling, yeah. or whatever else it is. There's always a hidden agenda. I, I, I'm not going to go into it <laughs> because I will literally lose my mind. Yeah, but it's. It, it, it's terrible because it ruins such good films. Mm. Yeah. Apart from Ghostbusters 2 because that was shit. 
not Ghostbusters 2, the remake of Ghostbusters. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, yeah. Ghostbusters 2 wasn't no, that sorry. bad. <laughs> no, see, that, that's how bad well, it is. Well, but that's the same as, like, Ocean's 8, right? That, I, it's coming out. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. It's just, but it just looks, it already looks garbage. Like, and, and You can't say that, Alan. Well, Andrew, you, Andrew, you cannot say that. <laughs> you will be in trouble for voicing your honest opinion. Yes. The yes. thing is, right. But the, but the, the, is... the problem, the problem with, with that film is that it's purely being made because the original ones had men in it and it, you're it, not it's, a, it's not you're not allowed to say that like, they're <laughs> making it because they want to they want to open it up to a different generation i think the main yeah. issue is that if you were to put men and women side by side in a movie no one would bat, bat an eye but if you put an all-women cast not only can you market it as such but it also draws people's attentions in both a negative and a positive way and we all know that there's no such thing as negative publicity mm. Well, yeah, every public, every bit of publicity is yeah, exactly. good for a film. Look at look at the remake of Ghostbusters. Yeah, it, and, I, and I use that it, as prime example. It did yeah. far too well for what it was, and even then it tanked, thankfully. Yeah. And I watched it recently on Netflix or Amazon Prime. I can't remember which, but I watched it, and I was just like, not one point did my face crack a smile, or did I actually laugh out loud. That's and because, like, but well, that's because the original Ghostbusters wasn't all tits and fanny jokes. Yeah, yeah, basically, and uh, do you know what I mean? It was actually clever, mm-hmm. but anyway, that's beside the point. Um, yeah, I would love to see them to direct and produce a movie together, a British scripted film yeah. from a British writer, or they put their heads together and write their own film with a cast of men and women. With a cast of men and women, absolutely, <laughs> because you can have strong female leads. Disney, I think, generally, you could say that. Uh, Lily James's character in Baby Driver was, although she wasn't technically a thief, uh, a crook or anything. She had a massive impact strong. on it. Yeah, yeah, she was. I actually really liked Lily James in now. I and thought then, she was really good. Also, I I really liked, um, uh, was it Buddy and Darling? Yes. I loved them. And they were both super strong. Yeah. I mean, she had, he was probably more, he was less prominent than her. I think she was actually quite a strong screen presence because she kind of took the lead and he was kind of like, just sitting back, which again, yeah. it was great. I mean, even Kevin Spacey didn't have that big a part. Mm. And Jamie Foxx, not really. In the grand scheme of things, it was... It's interesting the way he frames that movie in terms of your protagonist and your antagonist. Yeah. Because through most of that movie, you're thinking Jamie Foxx is the antagonist or that Kevin Spacey is the antagonist. Yeah. And then you realise, no, it's really not. It's probably going to be Buddy. And then it, yeah. it's not even... It's like a justified antagonist because yeah. he does lose. Yeah, well, yeah I mean, for, for the ending part, yeah, yeah, but I would say that actually, that for the majority of the film, that Baby is actually both protagonist and, and antagonist. Because he doesn't walk away. Because he doesn't walk away, but he also makes a conscious choice to change the, uh, the, the plan mm. to protect somebody yeah. when he protects the bank teller. Yeah. And and that's when it all spirals out of control. And that makes him both protagonist and antagonist, which I think was very, very clever and probably wasn't intended as such, but just shows how clever the film can be. And it's, it's what I'm always saying to people is that when you're watching films, don't always watch it for what you're watching on the screen. Look at how mm. people are moving. Look at how they're talking. Look at their body language. Look at how the, the, the camera pans in. I'm such a geek, and I tell people I'm such a geek, but... It's all those that actually make the movie. And you don't... You always remember certain scenes. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy. 
or Deadpool, people will always remember the opening sequence to Deadpool. Yeah. Always. Mm. But that's no different to the bullet shot in The Matrix or a couple of the shots from Kingsman. It's yeah. using the same technology, the same bits. It's just making it funnier. Yeah. I just realised something as well um, whilst thinking about all the movies uh, that he's done is he's also using colour um, to associate uh, characters. Yeah. Um, because Jamie Foxx uh, is dressed in pure red most of the time, uh, which is very Like, if you're going into the sort of theory of it, uh, red is associated with, like, anger, Blood. violence, and, Wait, and, like and that's that. his character. You've got Darling, who's in pink. You've got Kevin Spacey, who's in, like, the grey monotone suits. Yeah. Baby's the only one that changes colour, like, throughout the movie. And then at the end, he's revealed to be white underneath all of his tops. Yeah. He, like, he constantly puts, like, different jackets over the top yep. of it. Then he reveals it, and he's white, which means he's you know good, effectively. Yeah, effectively, he's good, and it, it and you but you only have to go back to like Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, mm. even Attack the Block. They all have a color scheme yeah. within it, mm. which is which uh, obviously is it has to be meant. He has to mean that. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and that's just another another part to his visual his, storytelling. Is yeah, and and that's what it, that's exactly what he is. I think he is uh, a multi talented director writer and producer but he's so effective at telling a story you know you only got to sit and watch any of his films mm. to, to actually see a clear start middle and an end and he never leaves his films open for a sequel mm. ever none of his mm. films yeah, have been they're all concise they're, they all have an ending where you think done that yeah. is it there is no room for a sequel. You could shoehorn a sequel into any of his films, obviously, like Baby yeah. Driver 2. But it's not designed with It's a not sequel. designed it's not with that designed in looking mind. for a sequel, yeah. Yeah, it's not like most yeah. of the other films where... The Avengers you, will return in Infinity War Part 2. <laughs> yeah, which which we knew was going to happen anyway. Yes. But, um, but you, it doesn't have a clear open ending for... For a sequel, even mm. Baby Driver doesn't have really. You know, he comes out of prison and they ride off into the sunset. Yeah, that that's literally kind of the the ultimate goal of the film is he just wants to ride off into the sunset with with Deborah. I honestly don't know whether it is a good idea that he goes back and makes a Baby Driver too, but I'll still see it. I'd still go and watch it. Oh yeah. god, yeah, I'd still go and watch it because why not? You know, it's not as if it's a film that. Um, that wouldn't encapsulate the mind and the senses because that's what his films do. Is that they don't just they're not just visually spectacular. The soundtrack, um, even now thinking about it after we spoke about it, the beats and everything, it all ties in. So, mm. you know, I, I'm just glad that he's he's British, yeah, and that he's a British director, producer, writer, and would love to see him rip his teeth into something bigger because mm. he he totally deserves it. Yeah. You know, he could quite easily tap up Quentin Tarantino, I'm sure, for, to, you know, to say, you know, Quentin, sort me out. I could quite easily see him helming the next Star Wars if it wasn't with J.J. Abrams or yeah. Jar Jar Abrams, as I like to call him now. Well, <laughs> yeah, he he should have he should have just given up after kind of fringe, I think. Lost in fringe. Shouldn't have really ventured in. But, you know... At the end of the day, we have got some decent films. Yeah. Uh, but but Edgar Wright is uh, is a fantastic director, fantastic writer. Um, people don't tend to know much about him. People don't tend to really know. I think more now because of Baby Driver, mm. but maybe not so much his earlier stuff. So I would absolutely advocate that anybody 
goes and watches his old stuff. If you are in America, you're listening to us on the podcast, try and hunt down Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. Mm. Because, yes, they're not American films. You may not get the humour, and that's not being generalising. That That's fact. Well, there's a, there's a, it's, it's British life, isn't it? So if, yeah. if you haven't experienced it, a lot of it you just won't understand, right? No. As much as we wouldn't understand an American kind no, of No, exactly. But absolutely... Try and find them if you can and mm. watch them. If you know any friends in in the UK and you can, they can get you a copy, watch it. Try and watch it on YouTube. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. You'll find you know, it anywhere that if you look hard enough. Just find them and give them a watch. Also try and find – you won't find Attack the Block. I won't even bother because you won't find it because it's hard to find in England anyway. Um, but if you can find it, watch that as well. Mm. Um, but, you know, it, it's great that there is someone out there like Edgar Wright who – is pushing the boundaries in directing and producing and is forever moving on the cinematic world. Yeah. Mm. Because we need people like him. You know, he's not very old in terms mm. of being a director. He's, what, 44 this year? 44. He just turned 44. You know, that's nothing in directing ages. That's yeah. prime. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So um, so we, we will make an impassioned plea to, <laughs> to, to Disney, to Marvel, to Paramount, Miramax, Kevin Smith. You could, he could do a job for you, you know. <laughs> uh, to, to view Askew, to uh, Sony. Who am I missing? Uh, Warner Brothers. Have we done Fox? Warner Brothers, Fox. Yeah, but do we want to really... F- well, Fox isn't that bad. It did Deadpool. <laughs> well, yeah. Mm. So, so all of you guys, <laughs> all of you guys, uh, tap up Edgar Wright. Give him a call. You've seen Baby Driver. You know how good he is. Give him, give him a chance. Give him a crack at a big film, and I guarantee you, it will make <laughs> most other films look shit. <laughs> yes, in comparison, scriptwriters, if you're out there listening and you've got, you're sitting on something that's gold, just send it to Edgar Wright's address. <laughs> yeah, or he'll you probably can, want to rewrite it, or but, you yeah. can send it to us, and we will pass it on for you. <laughs> Because, you know... You've got his, you've got his number? <laughs> yeah, he's on speed dial, mate. Oh, sweet. I've got Edgar Wright on awesome. speed dial. Me yeah. and Edgar, we're like this. This, 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 so, this, so this podcast is was sponsored by the uh, Edgar Wright Foundation. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, <laughs> Do you know what? <laughs> if I could get five minutes of his time, that would be perfect. For the radio, yeah. Not just kissing <laughs> time. <laughs> no, yeah, obviously five minutes of time to talk to him about his films and, and everything. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that'd be gold. Yeah, That's like gold awesome. dust. That'd be amazing. So if you do end up listening to this, Edgar, please um, get in touch. I'd love to just have a chat with you yeah. to record even five minutes of your time if you can spare it. Just, just tweet at him. I'm sure, I'm sure he's got Well, I tweeted him. about Baby Driver being the best film I've ever seen by a country mile at that particular moment in time, and he liked it and retweeted it. So, you know, hopefully he might he might get in touch. But if you, if you do end up listening to this, Edgar, please, that'd oh, be amazing. Just got a message from him. He says, it's all cool, bro. Says Richard, leave me alone. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> this stalking is getting a bit weird now. Yeah. Yeah. And on that absolute bombshell, um, it's nice to be back. It's yeah, nice it to be back uh, after a four-week hiatus. We will be back next week. Um, what we're going to be doing, I don't know. We'll have a discussion about what we're going to do. I'm sure I'll be on time next week. Yeah. And sure. uh, yeah, you can be on time next week. <laughs> um, but we will be back next week. If you are listening on the podcast, thanks so much. We have broken a hundred thousand subscribers. So you wow. guys are all awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, all absolutely amazing thank you all so much for subscribing 
Uh, obviously, leave us a review. We'd love to have a review. Um, we haven't had one in a while, so please leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think. Um, if you know any friends that might be interested, then you know, share it with them. Get them to subscribe as well. And if you want to come on the show or you want to do a little bit of recording yourself and send it in about a favourite film of yours, you know, do it. Send it to us. You can tweet it to us. You can send it in message on Facebook. Yeah. You can find us on all social media except for Snapchat. Um, Give us questions as well. Yeah, absolutely. Want. Give us questions. You know, things you'd like us to talk about. Absolutely, anything at all. Um, other than Edgar Wright. Other yeah, than Edgar Wright. Yeah, yeah, we're we're done. That's just a so, month long yeah. <laughs> podcast. Right. So that's it, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you all for Thank listening. You. It's been an absolute pleasure, and we will see you all again next week. Take care. I'm